On today's Locked on Jayhawks, a little bit of football. KU gets a couple of commits from the transfer portal, Dylan Brooks and Mikey Pauly to the edge position and quarterback position. Let's discuss how they fit in, what it means, and how big of an impact they can have on this season for KU. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also like us, subscribe to us, and find us on YouTube. And on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we're going to be going into a little KU football transfer portal news. Dylan Brooks, transfer from Auburn. Mikey Pauly, transfer from Nebraska, land at KU. Normally, I mean, shoot, man. You land transfers from Auburn and Nebraska, your KU football, that would be like the biggest deal in the world. But it's just kind of, you know, a bump on the log, so to speak. Not that it's not important, but with how this football program has, you know, started to turn things up and and turn things around. And that's a good thing. Uh, Today's episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, all one word, all uppercase, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order so dylan brooks mikey Pauly commit to ku uh let's start with dylan brooks he's kind of the headliner here with Pauly. i think he might be on a preferred walk-on position and i don't know what his situation is going to be with because he's also um he's a baseball player at nebraska and a good one at that so i don't know if he's going to be playing baseball ku which certainly that would help them but uh, i think there is an ncaa rail rule about Whichever sport happens first, that's the scholarship you have to be on. I think that was a rule that was added because Miami was like adding people to their football team with extra scholarships on like track and field scholarships. Uh, So they ended up, you know, making that rule and everything. Uh, Nonetheless, with Brooks, this comes at a position of need for you. He had a lot of injuries at the defensive end position during spring ball. He's a six foot four, 235 pound edge. He's a transfer from Auburn originally from the state of Alabama he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school ranking number 118 nationally and the number eight edge on the 24-7 sports uh, rankings for the class of 2021 redshirted his first year then he appeared he still appeared in I think a game his first year but you can you know appear in up to four games obviously redshirted then played nine games in 2022 he had six tackles a sack fumble recovery very limited um, kind of playing time there so he's going to be a redshirt sophomore that gives him three years left of play and he'll be immediately eligible so you get maybe some immediate help here and you get somebody who can help you long term now the thing is I I think he came into Auburn I I think the high school uh recruiting thing had him listed at like 227 pounds and i think you look at his auburn profile he got up to like 232 i think now he's being listed as like 235 so um that's going to be the big thing can you add more weight to him obviously ku was able to be very successful with lonnie phelps on the line and he was playing at about 245 um but that's still a 10 pound it could he add 10 pounds yeah probably but is that going to happen this year or is that going to happen over the course of a year or two years And that seems to be something that was a bit of a struggle for him at Auburn, trying to add that weight a little bit more. But you get him into a a, good strength and conditioning program, although Auburn probably has a good one too, right, being in the SEC. And you would think that, you know, over time, he should be able to add at least a little bit of poundage, but how much? Can he get up to 250? 
Can he get up to 240, right? There's going to be kind of a difference there in how they work about it. But obviously, the talent is there for you to be able to have potential. This is the uh, recruiting profile from Charles Power from 24-7 Sports. Tall with a big frame and long arms, has room to fill out considerably once in a college strength program. Quick and explosive off the ball, shows the ability to transition speed to power and overwhelm offensive linemen at the point of attack. Flexible off the edge, dipping with bend as he rounds the arc, plays fast and tracks down plays in pursuit with impressive speed, disengages from blocks, and looks to embrace contact. Also shows his athleticism by dropping into space as a linebacker, at linebacker and contributing on offense as a wide receiver, will need to continue working on his tackling and finishing, plays relatively low competition and should see an uptick in production as a senior with continued improvement, Pro projects as a multi-year starter at the Power 5 level with upside to be an early round NFL draft pick. So all that stuff sounds great for you, and that's back in his high school when why he was listed as the top 150 recruit. Kansas doesn't end up with a lot of those players, specifically as linemen, right? Like, Sometimes Kansas will end up with, oh, this guy was a former top 150, you know, like we saw it before with the, the Weiss era specifically, like uh, Justin McKay, the receiver from Oklahoma, or, you know, bringing on a couple quarterbacks like a Jay Keeps or a Dane Christ, right? But it's rare you see it with the line, whether it's offensive line, which you did with like Logan Brown or now defensive line um, here with Brooks. So in terms of the pro football focus numbers, you're talking about him playing 140 snaps last year at Auburn. So kind of a limited sample size, but also, you know, it's not just like 30 snaps where it's a very, very limited sample size and didn't rank out too well. He uh, among the there were 40 players, 40 players who at least logged one snap for the Auburn defense last season. And Brooks ranked 38th of the 40 players on pro football focus grade with a 53 grade. Uh, he did have nearly an 81 grade as a tackler, so that was a positive. He was a 58 pass rusher, so that was better than his 53. Where he really struggled was against the run, just a 46 grade as a run defender. And part of that kind of makes sense. You're talking about a guy who was 235 pounds in the SEC, right? Like you're going to get kind of road graded there. Now, keep in mind, Auburn plays a little bit of a diff different defense than what, what Kansas is probably going to be asking him to do. Uh, first of all, the um, you know, you, you look at, offensive lines in the big 12 versus the sec like there are obviously your oklahomas of the world and texas of the world that have those sec type of lines but a lot of lines are going to be a little bit smaller a little bit lighter than those sec lines um but at, at auburn they were playing a lot of like three down linemen so whether it was a three four or like i don't know going into like some of the three three stuff that, that we see kind of popular in college football um to where he's either playing in like a three four as an outside linebacker or he's playing as the down lineman as uh, like being the defensive end in a three, four is a lot different than being the defensive end in a four, three In the three, four, you need to be more firm. You need to be stout against the run a little bit more in the four, three, you know, there is a little uh, more wideness to it. And there, you know, it, it's just kind of different where you're lining up. Like one, you're going up against guards and tackles. The other one, you're basically just going up against tackles. So it's a little bit different there and how he'll be used at Kansas. And I think that's beneficial, right? If you're 235 pounds, it doesn't really work as a, a three, four defensive end. Um, if you're 235 pounds, uh, and and maybe he wasn't, you know, fast enough or athletic enough to play outside linebacker, which, you know, that's the progression from 4-3 defensive end to 3-4 outside linebacker. You have to be more mobile. You have to be more athletic. So he was kind of caught in between those. He wasn't big enough to play 3-4 defensive end. He wasn't maybe athletic enough, even though good athlete, but not athletic enough to play outside linebacker. When you come to Kansas, it's a better fit because you, you run a 4-3. And now your athleticism and your size 
are less of issues because of the position you're being asked to play here as opposed to at Auburn. So for that standpoint, you could see the numbers going up here. Um, you're also talking about, yeah, the, the pro football focus grades weren't great, but he was an undersized redshirt freshman playing in the SEC. Like sometimes that's just going to happen in a conference like that with as big and athletic dudes as there are. You're kind of banking on another year of development, though. Um, will that be this year? Will that be in the future? I don't know. For someone who is clearly seen as having high potential, like, it, I mean, top 150 recruit, right? Like clearly the potential is in there. Can you get it out of him? And I think you're also banking on slightly lighter weights of offensive lines in the Big 12 than the SEC. You're banking on more opportunity leading to growth, more snaps leading to improvement there. You're banking on him fitting your four-down lineman defense better than that Auburn three-down line. And then you're banking on him having multiple years to where he might not just be helped for the, you this year. He might be helped for you next year and even in a year after that, which is obviously a positive. Now, Mikey Polly, he comes in, as I mentioned, Sounds like the ultimate, like, New York name. Like, hey, Mikey Polly, you know, with some spaghetti at Mikey Polly's house. Um, Mikey is a six foot three, 195 pound quarterback transfer from Nebraska. It's funny. I, I remember I, I broadcasted some of his uh, basketball games when they played against some of the Lawrence schools at uh, Blue Valley Northwest. And I think he was listed at like six five or six six, which I don't know which one is true. Uh, nonetheless, he's a big kid. He's, he's a powerful kid. I was surprised when I only saw the listing at 195. I think he's more than that. Uh, but he's a baseball player, too. We'll see if that helps out KU baseball. You know, that would certainly be another positive there, right? Um, but he was an all-state quarterback at Blue Valley Northwest. He, like, threw for nearly 2,000 yards, ran for, like, over 1,200 yards, kind of a power runner type of quarterback as that big kid. They crushed Derby in the state title game, which Derby usually does that to other teams. So that was obviously... A notion of like, okay, clearly they have some really good players, and Mikey Pauly was a key among that. He got listed as a three-star quarterback, number 89th quarterback in the class of 2022, went to Nebraska, uh, didn't play. So I don't know if he technically took a red shirt or not. I feel like he probably did. So I would assume he's a red shirt freshman with four years left to play. But I guess worst case, he still has three years left. Either way, you have multiple years left with him. Now, as far as the scouting report, he's big strong athletic kid he runs really well he seems to be a good leader seems to be a good competitor as i mentioned i saw him be very mobile and, and be both of those things when he was playing on the basketball court um the stats when you're looking at the numbers show he needs to refine his accuracy a little bit like you're talking about in like the the 50 percents for a uh, completion percentage but big strong arm there's potential there and even though he's a preferred walk-on like i don't think it'd be shocking if he even beat out like maybe one of your scholarship quarterbacks to like a Ben Easters or something to eventually be third string. Let's get into the role though. Next with locked on Jayhawks. First though, this episode of the show is brought to you by bird dogs. You know, I, I just got my bird dogs in the mail. They, they sent me some. And first of all, uh, they sent me a tumbler as well, which that's great. But the fit is awesome. I had never had bird dogs before. I've, I'd heard about them from other places, but I'd never pulled the trigger on them. And I'm telling you, that was a gigantic mistake because I put them on immediately and I was like, oh my gosh, these are amazing. They fit super great. They've got kind of a stretchy uh, band to them. It's, you know, it, it makes it nice that if you have a big meal, you're not going to feel overly done about it, but it's, it's going to give you a little bit of uh, flexibility with you know how you're doing weight wise or something like that they're so comfortable man and they're so versatile where you just feel free to be able to like i could run around in them i could go play basketball in them i feel like i could sit around i feel like i could go to a nice dinner in them like 
it, it it's awesome the the way that I already love these things. So go go to birddog.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order. Okay, so the role for uh both of these players. Let's start with Brooks. Jeremy Robinson feels like a lock to start at one of your defensive end spots. Okay. So that position is taken care of. Who's going to start at the other defensive end spot? It could be Brooks. It could be. I don't know that I would expect that going back to a conversation we had a week ago. A lot of times it takes time. And, and something that we said then was, you know, you look at Lorenzo McCaskill coming in that late and it took a toll on him. Like clearly he was very talented, but maybe between not being as great in pass coverage and taking a little longer to learn the playbook because you just arrived so late. He ended up being more of a rotational linebacker than a starting linebacker. Like you might've thought when he came in, meanwhile, you have a guy like Kobe Baines who you brought in late and he didn't really play till the end of the season, but because he has multiple years, now you're going to get something really good out of him. And so I kind of uh, questioned whether it made sense. If you're going to add anybody during the summer, should it be players that are going to have multiple years so that you're covered in case it does take them longer than just the fall camp to understand everything with the team. And that's the beauty here for Brooks. He does have those multiple years that, you know, ideally you do want him playing a real role on this team. And if he ends up being that good to be a starter, that's great because that means he earned it and you're looking for help there. But at the very least, he's depth this year and gives you someone with high potential for future years, which is obviously very important. But the other defensive end starting spot, uh, some of the options, I mean, Patrick Joyner would make sense. He's an experienced guy, um, better pass rusher than a run defender, but he was hurt all spring. But if he's healthy, he's in the competition for that uh, starting defensive end spot. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it makes more sense to have Joyner because of the pass rushing ability that's not as good as the run defense to be more of a rotational DN that you bring on pass rush situations. Nonetheless, Hayden Hatcher, he gives you hustling, an older, experienced player, the want to. He, he's trying to make that jump forward, still trying to add weight and stuff like that. Um is he the type of player where it's like, okay, we we kind of we've seen it before. We know you can be a useful player, or can he make that jump to being like a Big Twelve level starter? That's what he's trying to work on and get going. So he's in that competition. Austin Booker, he has all sorts of potential after transferring in from Minnesota, but is it going to take him more time? I think he could be a really good defensive end for you, but is it going to take till next year, right? And I think that when you look at it, Brooks, Joiner, Hatcher, Booker, that represents with Robinson you're likely top five defensive ends. Maybe I maybe I should add on Davion Westmoreland. He's kind of an unknown here, but seems right around this range. We saw him playing, uh, you know, working his way up with, you know, the twos and occasionally mixing in there with the ones with the uh, spring game. So maybe he works in there as well. And if you want to include him, that gives you six players with Brooks, Joyner, Hatcher, Booker, Robinson, and Westmoreland. So that gives you basically a three deep at both defensive end spots. Now, who would win the starting spot next to Robinson? Again, I don't know. I feel like a lot of those guys are on pretty equal footing, which means it's just going to come down to fall camp. I know that's not a sexy take or anything like that, but I think that's just kind of the truth of the matter. And then you have that group of players that has potential and are still progressing, whether it's working on the body, adding weight, just getting the experience at the Power 5 level, like your Tony Terry's of the world who joined uh, during spring ball, Dean Miller who transferred in last year from the JUCO level and is still adding weight and stuff like that. So uh, it, it just adds to your defensive end group. And then even then, you know, you're looking at the defensive end spot, like you're going to play four guys at minimum, if not five, if not six, obviously if there's injuries that adds to those fifth or six guys playing even more, but KU said before, like if, if they have, you know, 12 good defensive linemen, they'll play all 12, you know, they're, they're going to rotate guys in, they're going to keep guys fresh. However many useful bodies they have, they're going to play them. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how, 
Brooks kind of comes in. But yeah, I think the ceiling on his first season at KU is a starter. I think the floor is he's second or third string D end, but then he becomes a future starter for you, right? So I think those are kind of the two outcomes somewhere in the range of that that you're looking at there. For Paulie, he's going to come in. You expect him to be the starter, right? I'm just joking. No, obviously Jalen Daniels is going to be the starter at the quarterback position. Jason Bean's going to be the backup, right? So the ceiling on Mikey Pauly in year one, can he beat out Ben Easters for the third string position? Um, now, the thing that that I think in the short term, I would still be leaning to the side of, I kind of expect Ben Easters to be that third string. Maybe not, but Ben Easters has been in the system now, seems to be a smart quarterback. That's part of why uh, Brent Deerman wanted to bring him on and, and did for KU. And for Mikey Pauly, Going back to the idea of, like, you look at Lorenzo McCaskill and it took a little bit longer of time there to get to know the, the playbook and everything. Well, now imagine you're doing that at the quarterback position where you have to know where everybody is going in one of the more complicated offenses in college football with Andy Kotelnicki. Okay? Good luck doing that in just the fall. So from that standpoint, I, I think that I would probably view Mikey Pauly outside the top three of that depth chart, at least to start the season. But maybe we get to week six. Maybe we get to week eight. Maybe we get to just next year in the spring. And by that point, even though Paulie is coming in as a preferred walk-on, like I wonder if this is one of those things where it's like he's a preferred walk-on for a year and then gets a scholarship or something. I don't know. But the talent is there. I, I think there's almost more physical talent with Pauly than Easter's, like bigger kid, better runner, maybe a stronger arm. Easter's probably the more accurate player. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if Pauly eventually usurps him. And if he does usurp him next year, let's say Jalen Daniels goes pro after this season. Then at that point, you're left with Ben Easters, Mikey Pauly, and the incoming Isaiah Marshall. And if Pauly usurps Easters for next year, even if it's not this year, then you're talking about the starter is either at that point Pauly or Isaiah Marshall, unless you bring on somebody else. But I think no matter which way you look at it, having Pauly gives you kind of coverage here. I mean, he's a Kansas kid. Uh, you're talking about like he's used his free transfer now. Um whether he is someone you view as being having the potential that you can coach up to being a future starter or just somebody who is a future QB depth piece, like that is so important to have. We've seen it the past two years with Jason Bean. Just having a guy who could stick around for a few years and feel like you have a competent backup, even that would be super important. And you think that there is more potential beyond that for Mikey Pauly, but at the very least, it's nice to kind of have coverage there uh, because with what he can bring come from kind of a physical skill set. All right, uh, let's finish up. What's next for KU football? Where do we go from here? That next on Locked on Jayhawks. So what is next for KU football? Um, I guess it still wouldn't be shocking if they added an even more defensive line depth just because they still are continuing to you know go for it. And one way to look at Brooks is that he could be more of that long-term answer at defensive end. But again, you don't know. Is he going to be a starter this year? Is he going to be a third string this year, right? Like, is, is he going to take more time? Is he going to need to add more weight and experience and stuff? It might make sense at this point, like probably wouldn't make sense for KU to bring on another um, like, I don't know, unexperienced or like if, if you're going to bring on another D lineman, maybe it does make sense to bring on somebody who even if it's only one year left would be more of like a for sure top two defensive end on your depth chart. 
at that point just to kind of help you out a little bit more this year and give you more of a sure thing. But that wouldn't shock you. Maybe you even look at receiver, which we've kind of talked about before. If they can get like a, a good receiver with the, the ball in his hands, yard after catch, stuff like that, speedy guy, I think that would intrigue them. But I think they're being very nitpicky and, and choosy with who they would go after there. Honestly, not sure how many scholarships the KU has left at this point, but I just know this. It is very, very tight. And that's obviously another importance of Mikey Pauly coming in as a, a PWO. Obviously, it's helpful with him being an in-state kid. So uh, you're talking about him getting, you know, uh, in-state tuition and stuff like that. And then who knows if I I don't know, I, like with, with KU basketball, every player on the roster is getting some sort of NIL money. I don't know if that's the case for KU football or if it's just like a certain amount of players. But you would think that Paulie's going to be just OK there. So um, what's next? I would probably most circle looking for another defensive player. Like, would it shock you if they brought in a defense lineman or, or a linebacker or something like that? But I definitely think this is not – this isn't like KU basketball where it's like, oh, they have all these spots to fill and they're just going to be wild and heavy and it's like KU football. They kind of have to be choosy here because there aren't a lot of scholarships to go around. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. We're going to have uh, some stuff on Trey Johnson, released his top six. KU is in it. Still going to get to some deep dives with, like, Arthur Kaluma and – later this week still got to go deeper into the kevin mcculler decision nba draft combine is going on so uh that obviously gives us more to look at into some of those decisions and some of those deep dives of those upcoming players but that'll do it for this episode of locked on jayhawks you can find me as well rock jock sports talk monday through friday from three to six on klwn in lawrence and you can find locked on jayhawks wherever you get any of your podcasts or on youtube make sure to subscribe to the show hit the like button Till next time later